some people have issues, some people don't. But at the end of the day, we all need to have to uh, eat, drink, and breathe air. And someone talking. Okay, it is take two of this podcast intro. You are listening to the Retrospect Podcast, the only podcast featuring moi, your favorite host of the world, Daria Lang. Ooh, applause, applause. Anyways, if anyone heard the horrendous first intro that I filmed, my voice was gone. That was yesterday. My voice has not fully recovered, but today it has increased by, I would say, 75% in its um, vocal abilities. I feel so good. I can express myself again. I can yell at my sibling for not doing the chores. I can talk for this podcast introduction. Anyways, I'm so glad that you're here. We're going to play a little game, okay? You're going to take your shot glass, if you're over 21, of course. If you're under 21, you can still take a shot glass, but I'm not going to encourage any alcoholic use in this episode. And you are going to drink every time I say the word amazing. I think you guys need to give me a little suggestion of alternatives I can use as opposed to the word amazing. I said it way too many times. Anyways, I hope everyone is having a great day and a great week. I'm joined by an amazing friend that I met through... I just said amazing again. That's so embarrassing. Oh, I met this talented person through my mother. She always hooks me up with amazing people. It's crazy. She has amazing connections. Anyways, Miguel Martinez. Miggy. Mig. Miguel is a videographer, a photographer, a creative eye. He works with huge celebrities like Ana de Armas and the the guy who played the Joker. I forgot his name, but Joaquin Phoenix, that's what I believe it was. Anyways, uh, we're going to talk about his journey. We're going to talk about like working with celebrities and how not to like, put yourself on a lower status than them, if that makes sense, and how to feel confident and just embrace the journey of whatever you're doing it sounds really cliche but it's a really good story and he also will talked about his experience with agreeing to film a music video for a celebrity when he had never touched a camera before so we go into that so i'm gonna let you guys enjoy and listen to the podcast one guys Oh, I had the forest thing on. Okay, guys. Guys, I am here with a very, very special guest, Miguel Martinez. Mig. Miggy? Mig? Which one is it? Uh, whatever you want to call me. I've been called Mig or Miggy. So. Okay, okay. Mig. <laughs> so you can call me Miguel. You can call Miguel. me Miguel. Mig. Up to you. Maybe. Okay, let's just do the Spanish and like in español, okay? En no, español, bueno, perfecto. Vamos a hacerlo en español. Okay, los uh, el audio. Okay, I can't. Tonight, today's not the day. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so um, guys, I'm not going to introduce. I'm not going to give myself the opportunity to introduce yourself. Give us a small introduction of who you are, where do you come from, who is Miguel? <laughs> oh my God! It's so. Sorry, I'm laughing because that's exactly how I start interviews. Like, you know, you know, I ask people like, let's say I'm interviewing you. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, you're gonna steal this from me, but anyway. Isn't that the case? <laughs> I'm kidding. So it's, it's gonna be, so I would ask you, you know, can you tell me who Daria is in your own words? Okay, guys, this is kind of creepy because Miguel and I are like, are kind of a copy paste version. <laughs> like everything that he said from his childhood is exactly what's going on right now in my life. It's insane. And also, I will just start off with the fact that we are both Libras. So I'm not even going to be biased in the fact that like <laughs> when I awesome. say that Libras are probably the best, like that's not even a bias. That's just a fact. And it is. It is. And anybody who disagrees, they're wrong. They're wrong. Um, <laughs> and their opinions do not matter. I'm exactly. Uh, oh. OK, sorry. Going back to the your question <laughs> of who I am. I am a filmmaker and photographer. I was born in San Miguel de Allende, Guanajuato, Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, moved to the U.S. when I was 10 years old with my parents. I'm an only child. And my parents moved uh, to Charlottesville, Virginia. And now I live in Washington, D.C. So in a nutshell, that's my, my whole thing. And I'm sure we're going to get into to more deeper things in in a minute but that in a nutshell that's why I feel like you weren't you didn't give yourself enough credit when you said that you were a filmmaker and videographer I think you need to mention that you're a Grammy and Emmy nominated filmmaker yeah and okay yeah yeah so I'll brag on your behalf thank you I'm really bad at that just so you know I you know even on my Instagram um a friend of mine told me you got to put that stuff up there I'm like, no, why? But yeah, so it does make a difference when it comes to business, just so you know. It really does. <laughs> I can definitely imagine. So yeah. please. So yeah, so yeah, yeah I'm um, um, Emmy nominated and Grammy nominated. I'm a filmmaker, photographer, extraordinaire, mm -hmm. all that good stuff. All of the good stuff. Okay, that's very exciting. And Miguel and I are working on a very exciting project for moi. Yeah. Um, but... Um, what made your parents want to go to Charlottesville? Just curious. Oh, uh, they had a they had uh, a friend in living in Charlottesville. So you know, we if nobody has heard of San Miguel de Allende. San Miguel de Allende is it ranked the number one place in the world to live in three years what? in a row. Yeah. Wait, I and, thought it was Vienna, Austria. No, three years in a row. I think it was like 2015, 16, and seventeen. It won the best place in the world to live. No and way. so, yeah, or I think it was 15, 16, or 16, 17, 18, doesn't matter. But yeah, and um, so I was born there. Uh, a lot of people from all over the world come. It's a very colonial town. Um, it's very beautiful. I like the photos. Yeah, it's, it's the best place in the world, I tell you. <laughs> so why'd you leave? No, I'm kidding. So yeah, what, what is the what is like so as a child how does it feel to be like immigrating to the states like what what is your what is your thought process like how did it happen in your eyes well so again going back to san miguel so i was lucky enough to be born in a place that people from all over the world come there so um come into a, a melting pot, which is the US, it didn't, it, it wasn't any different for me. You know, we had, you know, we spoke English down in Mexico, not, not properly or very well, but 
you know, um, we were, I was used to that. The one thing I was not used to, it was the um, stereotypes that mm -hmm. Mexicans have. So, and also immigration. So as soon as you cross the border, it doesn't matter if you have, if, if you have papers or not, you will get, you know, immigration will be part of your life, whether you want it, it to be or not. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. And, and then of course, you know, the stereotypes, you know, that, that come along with being Mexican. That's one thing that I, I wasn't aware of while living in Mexico. And, and, and again, I was 10 years old. So, so right away, that was a, a big, big change for me. And, and I learned how to grow up pretty quickly, you know, yeah, I think it takes a very, I mean, I cannot relate on any level, but I can imagine that it must take um, a severe sense of self-awareness to develop in order to kind of distinguish yourselves from these stereotypes and also kind of analyze why other people think a certain way about you based on these stereotypes. I mean, I'm sure that these kind of experiences and maybe even people who are bullied or something you have a lot of time or not time but you have kind of this um you're kind of forced to start to analyze people and how they act and how you feel and view yourself so well, I yeah. mean, no yeah no you're right a hundred percent um you know i as i mentioned before i'm an only child so uh, as an only child, I had to learn how to read people uh, real quick because I, I just didn't know what their intentions were or are. And so I guess that's one of the reasons why I got into um, into photography because I, I like I like viewing people. I like uh, just trying to figure out who they are. And by me taking portraits of them, um, not only well, now, 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 I'm talking in the present day, I can actually have a conversation with you. And I can, I can basically get to who you really are. So I can take a portrait of you, not my idea of you. And, and so, so that's one of the reasons why I'm quote unquote successful in, in photography, just because people who work with me, they see themselves in a different light, but at the end of the day, it's who they've always been. It's just a matter of fact that I just take down the walls before I take the picture and, and, and the person who I take the picture of, it's who they truly are. So, yeah. That is such an amazing way to look at it because I feel like when you look at photography, you just snap a photo of someone and it's, I mean, and many people might, you know, ask you, oh, can you do this? I want to look like this. But I feel like if it's not something that really embodies who they are, it's not going to come out as, it's not going to look as nice or feel as nice. And my friend who is a younger photographer, he just, uh, and videographer, he just graduated. And he's also kind of jumping around these clients who are giving him these very interesting proposals and he feels that it doesn't represent who they are and it doesn't, it doesn't fit. So if someone gives you a project or a request, do you have do you try to make sure to get to know them first? Or do you ever give them your opinion as well? Or do you just do what they want? So it depends. If if the client is somebody that's seasoned, you know, like a like a model, like who's been in the industry for years, 
they're set in their ways and they're professionals. So yeah, I don't have to do anything. We can just go there and, and get to wherever we need to go um, as far as the creative. However, if somebody hires me and it's their first time, um, you know, or they're not a seasoned uh, model or it's just a regular person, what I usually do, um, I like to have at least two meetings before them with them before we we even shoot. Uh, we just go grab coffee and we get to know each other. And then by the third time, when we have the camera in front, they feel comfortable around me, they know me. And so we can get to to just having fun and, and just creating art. That's so important. I'm thinking I used to meet up with photographers here and there just for like little gigs. And it's always awkward the first time. <laughs> it's it like, is. hello, yes. All right. And they're like, get in the tree. You're like, what? Why? <laughs> um, yeah, no. And see, that's the thing. It's like when they tell you do this or do that, which you know, deep down, that's not what you want to do or who you truly are. You're always going to look awkward. You're always going to feel you're going to be inside your head, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what I try to 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 separate. Right. I want to I want to make sure that I know you. So if you are somebody that loves climbing trees, then yeah, let's go climb a tree and let's take a picture of you doing that. But if you're somebody that doesn't like doing that, then I'm not gonna have you do that, right? Maybe you like uh, cats, being around cats. Well, let's get you in a room full of cats or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I try to get the most authentic, uh, you know, your most authentic self whenever I take a portrait. I want to get back to this, um, back to the career side of it. But before that, you mentioned Charlottesville, because given your success now, I mean, and especially something that's based around Hollywood and everything. Uh, I'm just curious, how was growing up in Charlottesville, especially after you moved? And how was, um, did you always know what you wanted to do? Like, what, what were you doing kind of growing up there? And how, when did you get out? Not get um, out, but, you know, leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Charlottesville, Charlottesville is an interesting place. It's, uh, you know, it's still considered the South because it's Virginia. Um, but again, I, I um, uh, in school, I was, Charlottesville at the time when I, when I was there in the, in the 90s, um, early 90s, we didn't have a lot of, uh, there wasn't a big Latino community. And so it was either, you know, again, going back to being an only child, it's in, in my head, I, you know, I'm an old soul. So in my head, I would always like, not overthink things, but I would take time to actually think about the, the, the results. And what I mean by that is that, you know, um, I would, you know, I would think like, okay, so I'm an only child. There's not a big Latin community. What am I going to do? So I just became friends with everyone. So mm -hmm. it was because it was going to be either me against the world or us against the world. That was my mm -hmm. whole mentality. And so by doing that, it opened up a lot of doors. I got to meet a lot of people. I got to, um, you know, have an open mind. And vice versa, I, I also opened the minds of, of people who had, hadn't been exposed to the Mexican culture or, or the Latin community. 
And so that led me to create the first bilingual radio show in Central Virginia. And so with that in high school, uh, you know, I was, I, was a, I was a nerd in high school, but then 11th grade, uh, I don't know what happened, just kids being kids that I just decided I wasn't gonna pursue studies anymore. I was gonna pursue like the entertainment business and all of a sudden my grades went down and my parents were not happy about that. And so I did happen to go to college, but I dropped out. I don't recommend Wait, anyone do that. <laughs> which one was it? Did you go to? Uh, it was, well, I went to Ohio, Ohio State. And Ohio then, State. Yeah, but then I dropped out. I just didn't want to, whatever. And so I think I lasted like a week. And then I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is not for me. So I never went to college, basically. So um yeah, I'm like, this is not for me. And so uh, came came back to Charlottesville, started the, the bilingual radio show. Um, and that took off. It, it was a success, um, to my surprise. But I, I made a conscious decision for it to be a bilingual show. Because again, going back to what I said, you know, I wanted to open people's minds uh, to our culture and vice versa. I just wanted to unite um, as many people as I could. And so it, it became, it was a success. It ran for 11 years. That's and, amazing. I mean, you yeah. tell me that, that's crazy. And it's when you still, say bilingual show, was it, you would just speak in the Spanish half the time and English the other half? Sí, así es que podíamos hablar en español and then we switch it right back to English, you know? So it would be wow, like that. Okay, super. Wait, so, but for example, if someone who didn't speak Spanish listened to it, would they be able to understand? Yeah, because I would repeat myself, you know, okay. I would repeat myself, mm -hmm. I would, I, but in different ways, and you, finally, you would start to get the gist of it, like, oh, okay, you know, if you understood both English, if you if you were bilingual, you would hear myself repeating, my, you would hear me repeating myself in mm -hmm. English and Spanish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just became like a, this little art form that I created, and, uh, and so, um, and then I would play, I would play Latin music, but uh, I would, I would look for remixes of um, Amer American artists doing, you know, just there, there was a Latin thing explosion back in the day. So, uh, you know, American artists would get with Latin artists and they would remix their songs. So I would play well, those songs on the show, you know. And I, I feel like there was a gap because I, I know that in the 90s, my mom like exposed a lot of songs to me latin music in the 90s and then there wasn't and now only now finally artists you know big artists are get collaborating with latino artists and i mean it's i love it it's insane i, I love reggaeton so <laughs> yeah so yeah no we play you know i played that when it was just coming up you know when it's just starting you know the reggaeton movement and so um so yeah, so that's that's what I did in Charlottesville. Like that was my beginning. That was my my uh, my first steps into the entertainment business, just creating that radio show. That's amazing. So you were so you were, you weren't running it for eleven years though. No. How long were you running it? So it started in two thousand, and then I moved to the DC area. In 2007 2007 mm -hmm. 2008 so seven years I ran it okay and um 
and it's still going. However, it's under a, a different name and different people. It's in a different radio station, uh, which is great. You know, um, it's it's the person who helped me on the later years. Mm. He kept the show, and then he moved it to a different to a different radio station, where they gave him like more freedom, and and so so it's still going. So That's I'm, I'm, super, I'm super excited that that something that I created just for fun, because, mm -hmm. I, you know, um, it's still going. Ow. Bravo. That's amazing. Um, I, so you were in doing this radio show and you told me this story on the phone about a week ago, but I want you to repeat it here. So how did you get into videography because you were doing a radio show? <laughs> like, how did that happen? Yeah, so, um, so, you know, doing the radio show, I would interview just different artists. And so now you have more access to, to information, right? Like you can go on Google, you can figure out what record label uh, the artists are in or who the management is. Back in the day, you didn't have that. Back in the day, you actually had to go to a record store, get the album, buy it, and look in the, in the back and look at the credits. And you hope for... Uh, uh, an actual address or a phone number. And um, so anyway, so I found a phone number for a rap group. Uh, their name was Delinquent Habits. And so I wanted to interview them. I, I was a big fan of their music. They were one of the first ones that blended mar the mariachi sound with hip hop. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to me, that was, I've never heard that before. And so I'm like, ah, I got to interview them. So I found the number, uh, didn't work out. And so one day I was watching television and one of the members, his name is Kimo. He was on television, he was being interviewed. And for some odd reason, they put his email address on the television. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, awesome. So I wrote it down, I wrote him and I heard back from him like two weeks later and mm -hmm. so we set up this this interview and um unfortunately my show well fortunately my show was every friday night from 7 to 7 to 9 p.m mm -hmm. and um he couldn't he he lived in the west coast and so he couldn't make that hour so we decided to do a recorded interview which we did so we so we set it up. I called. Um, he was finishing up some. Uh, he was going to go out on tour and he was finishing up, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, practice, band practice. And he and he was like, hey, I only got 15 minutes. We're still practicing. But for some reason, something happened that um, he didn't have to go back to band practice. Um, and we ended up what it was supposed to be a 15 minute interview ended up being a two hour interview or mm -hmm phone call mm -hmm. um and during that phone call he told me that he was looking for somebody to do a music video for him and uh me being the person that i am i told him hey uh you know i can shoot your music video and he said and you didn't know how to film i didn't know anything about film i didn't know how to use a camera i didn't know how to edit i didn't know anything about yeah just images or let alone having a, a video camera or a photo photo camera. Um, somehow I convinced him to, to let me film 
oh, oh, uh, he asked, do you have a reel? I'm like, yeah, of course I do. You know, I'm glad the internet is not what it, <laughs> what it is today back then, because I told them, yeah, I'll, I'll mail you the reel. Like, uh, you know, I'll sell, I'll, I'll mail you a DVD. No problem. I didn't have a reel. So I told, you know, he calls me back like a week later and he's like, hey, did you send that reel? Yeah, I sent it. Did, didn't you get it? No, I didn't get it. I'm like, it must have gotten lost in the mail. And so then I, again, I didn't want to let him keep asking about the reel. So I just, I'm like, so how are we going to do this? Can you come to, to, to Virginia? And, and, you know, he wanted to shoot in LA, but I convinced him as well to come to, to Virginia, to Charlottesville, Virginia. I don't know how he did it, but I did it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, back in, backing up, going back to a day that I actually uh, had the phone call with him, the first phone call. Um, as soon as I got off the phone, I went to Barnes & Noble and I got all the, uh, the, the books and magazines that I could find about filmmaking and um, how to use a camera, uh, you know, all that, all that stuff that I didn't know. So I, I started reading. I asked a friend who worked at the University of Virginia. I'm like, hey, can I borrow a camera? He's like, no, you're not a student here. But thankfully, it was a college radio station, the one that I um, that I worked in, that I'm like, yeah, I'm not a student, but I have this ID. And he's like, perfect. You can borrow the camera for mm -hmm. a month if you want. I'm like, great. Uh, so I was like filming everything from squirrels to to rocks. I was just trying to figure out how to how to use the how to press record. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, that's how I ended up my shooting my first music video. And wait, was he happy with the results? Oh, he was super happy. He was super oh my happy. God. Um, and so that led me to to well, actually not. He was happy. But here's the kicker, like, my first music video that I made ended up playing on MTV. MTV here in the US, back when MTV used to play music videos, it played here in the US, it played uh, MTV Latino, which is South America, and then MTV Europe. Wow. Um, so I, in my head, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I can do this. <laughs> maybe mm -hmm. I can do this for a Probably. living. Probably. <laughs> and so that, you know, I just, I just decided to to dive straight in into this, and and that's how I started, you know, filmmaking. Um, you know, uh, not knowing what I was doing, but but you just have to go for it sometimes. Did you like it, or was it? Did you like realize that you liked it when you were first filming it, or was it just that you were just thinking, oh, let's just see where this goes? It was it, it was the second one. Now, let's see like, where let's... this goes. Yeah, because I wasn't enjoying the process because I was stressed. Mm -hmm. Just knowing that I was going to have this guy who had been, you know, uh, his his band had, uh, I forgot what World Cup it was, but they were playing, Nike was using his music. He, he, he was, you know, all of this, he had like major success with his band. So not, you could see his, you could hear his music on uh, Nike commercials, um, World Cup commercials, uh, he was on late night shows um, and then um, what else and some other stuff. So the pressure was there that I'm like, OK, so if I mess it up, uh, yeah, uh, like this is going to be a one time thing. But if I don't mess it up, this can keep going. 
And oh, so, la, la. so I put a lot of pressure. And so, yeah, so I, I wasn't enjoying the process because I was learning, there was a lot of pressure. Um, I had to make sure he thought that I was a professional. So you have I, to act like, hello, sir. Sorry, I have a phone call right now. Um, give me two minutes. <laughs> you know, the, the crazy thing is, is I, I actually called up on France and I, I was like, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you help me with this music video? What do you want me to do? Uh, I didn't know the positions. I didn't know. I'm like, hey, can you just move lights? Can you uh, hold the, the whatever it is? Like the, a, the, the wind, all your friends blowing yeah, on it. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and he, <laughs> I just, uh, not too long ago, about, yeah, just a few weeks ago, I ran across a, a photograph that somebody took of that day that I was filming. And uh, he wanted to do a pan shot, which a pan is just like, you have the camera here. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm like, uh how am i gonna do this i don't have the equipment to do it right mm -hmm. uh but he wanted to do a pan shot we didn't have a steady cam like we couldn't afford anything you know it was yeah. just like did you question like oh you don't have any of the materials or anything if he did he never he never he never said it. anything yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. fair so i'm like how am i gonna do this and this is this is crazy so i i I got a, a a friend of mine to go to Home Depot, get a get a, a some wood, and get some wheels, and then, and the reason I asked him to do this because I was uh, taking a break, and outside at a trash can somebody had thrown away a, a what do you call it? Um, no, a walker, like the old a old, walker. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. and so I saw that. And so I told my friend, go get some wood, get some wheels and, and just come back as soon as possible. So I grabbed the walker, put it on the, on the, on the actual wood piece of wood with the wheels underneath. And I had a friend pushing the walker. I'm inside the walker and I, I have the camera. That's insane. That's so good. Wait, yeah. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I happened to come across that, that, uh, that picture. So yeah, I'm I'm in inside the walker. I'm like holding on to the walker with a camera right here, and then mm -hmm. my friend's just pushing me. And so I'm like, uh... that was perfect. That's perfect. Oh my god, I need to see that photo. So okay, so you did this, and then you what? He recommended you, or you reached out to more clients? No. So um, okay so once the, the the video sorry i haven't talked about this in a long time i have to like think about this so yeah so once the video came out his friends actually saw the success of the video and his friends started calling me mm -hmm. so which was crazy because i was in uh virginia they were in california so mm -hmm. all of a sudden my clientele is in california where a mm -hmm. lot of people are trying to get in you know, in this business, and I'm already getting people calling me from in Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah, so I had to fly out, and and then just um, I did buy a camera, and so mm -hmm. with my camera, I you know how now you have like the YouTubers 
with their camera. Well, I was doing that when, when before YouTube, I would take my camera and I would shoot behind the scenes. Yeah, I would shoot behind the scenes and and I would create little stories and then of course shoot the music videos. And so I have a lot of that footage still. And I'm like, I wish, I wish I would have, you know, like became a, a, I would have uploaded all of that stuff when YouTube was starting. I would have been like, do it now. I promise you, do it now. <laughs> It'll still work out. I promise you, YouTube has an interesting algorithm. You know what? Uh, I think I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to do that. I mean, it, it, I, I have to go through hours and hours of tape though. But yeah, no, I think I'm going to have to do that. That's like the, the, the OG vlogger. There, yeah, there you go. It was like a big camera too, you know, it's just like, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's insane. So, okay, so you're getting all these clients and you're young and you just drop the radio show cuz so how how did you start to build your did it just No, I, no because I saw um that was my in. Mm -hmm. So by having the the radio show, I was quote unquote in the entertainment business. Mm -hmm. Like I would call record labels and I would tell them like, "Hey, I already have a, you know, I have a show. I would love to interview your artist." And once I got connected to the artist, I would tell them like, I shoot music videos or I shoot photography. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, they would ask, have you ever done anything? I'm like, yeah, I shot for so-and-so. And they're like, okay, perfect. So let's keep going. And so, you know, like, yeah, let's do it. And so I would, I would, that's how I, I started, you know, getting connections in the entertainment industry. And, and if I wanted to get into, into concerts for free, I would just call the uh, the management and I would tell them, hey, I have a, I, have a, uh, I, I, I made up a newspaper. <laughs> you made up? Oh, I, made, okay. I made up a newspaper. I would tell them, hey, I work for so-and-so. I would love to do a story on, on whatever artist it, it was. They're like, perfect. Yeah, just come on. And so I would go over there. I would be like, yeah, I work for so-and-so, whatever paper I, I came up with. And I would ask them questions. And then I would I would record it and then take it back to a radio show and just play that recording. So I would have like an exclusive of whatever artist it was and I would have photographs. And so, yeah, no, that's 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 the hustle, right? Like you have to look for for different ways to get in the windows of opportunity. Yeah, that's insane. So. I mean, I love that. I mean, we and we just talked about it before we started the recording. How we there, everyone says that when one door closes, another door opens, and I feel like in many of the case that is tr true. But sometimes, if the door closes, it isn't that you have to leave it closed. Like you said, you can break the window, um, and I like that because I mean, everything you're saying. I mean, I never would have thought about it that way. And when my I was younger, I would always get embarrassed when my mom would try to negotiate with people. Um, <laughs> Like when I would say no, my mom would be like, no, let's do it my way. And I was so embarrassed. But now growing up, I'm like, no, that's how you get things done. So I took notes. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, you saw, did you, I'm sure you saw the picture I took of your mom, right? At Tiffany's. Mm -hmm. She was just like, let me go in there. Let me see if they, they let a shooting here. And yeah, they were like, yeah, go ahead. Like, okay. exactly and exactly and my I, my friends are always like Daria you can't ask this person I was telling my friend the other day I feel like everything is full circle but she was saying how she feels 
um, like an imposter around people who have a very high academic status. And I was like, don't, you have to feel comfortable with these people and acknowledge their success, but also ask them questions. Cause when you do that, they can help you, like they can propel you in whatever area you want. And even there's this CEO they know, and he's amazing. And he told me that so many people are intimidated by him. I was like, why? He was like, because they have the label of the CEO. And I was also always raised that you have to think that you're amazing, but then also think that you're all, you have to think that you are, you have to have an amazing confidence and know that you're the only kind of person who is, I can't even, my grammar is so bad today. You're the it's only, okay. you are the only you. And you have to have that confidence. Like, oh my God, yes, I'm the best person. I'm the best version of myself. But at the same time, approach everyone that they're an equal. Like, you can't put people on a pedestal because when you put people on a pedestal, it stops you. It, it makes you insecure about where you are. And I feel like it doesn't make you search for those opportunities more. So now, and I've had many experiences of speaking with people who, have a higher power but I just asked them a few questions and they said yeah I mean sure and it's funny that people miss so many opportunities just by not asking or yeah. because they're too scared to ask and literally the worst thing that can happen is they say no that is correct and you have to understand too that it doesn't matter who you are whether you're a CEO uh, a list celebrity or whatever they are human beings They, exactly. have in, they have insecurities and just like everybody else has insecurities. So yeah, you should respect their talent. If they do have talent, you should respect the, um, the drive that they have. If you look up to that, um, but you should never feel less than anybody else because you are a human being just like they are and they have the insecurity sometimes they hide by by the letter ceo they hide those insecurities behind that but in reality everybody has issues everybody has a mental war going on it doesn't matter if it's a small war or a bigger war um inside you um everybody everybody's the same yeah some people have more money some people don't some people have issues some people don't But at the end of the day, we all need to have to uh, eat, drink, and breathe air. And someone, so actually this one person, this TikTok said, um, you have to remember that everyone also uses the bathroom. Yeah. And I was like, that's such a good way to put it. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's, a, it's, and again, I, I think I also, I grew up very quickly just because of being an only child and just being just surrounded by, by, Adults. Uh, yeah, adults and also people who are who were close minded. You know, mm -hmm. I had to grow up uh, quickly. And, and so I analyzed pretty much everything. And that's one of the reasons, you know, I am 42 right now, but I'm still young and I'm old, right. But some sometimes I feel like I overthink things so much that uh Sometimes I, I, I feel like I sound like an extreme, extremely old, old person, but yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> I relate, even though I'm 19, um, not, maybe not with the age part. No, but we, you and I were talking about it. I'm like, 
you have your podcast. I was at 19, I, I started the radio show, you know, it's just like, again, full circle. I know. It's crazy. I mean, I, I feel you. I feel very, I mean, some days I feel like I'm 12 years old and I just have this excitement of a little person. I just want to do everything and think about everything and just I don't know, jump off the walls. And then there are some days where I feel so old with like the way I think and a very, a lot more, I don't know, insightful. And I, even in school, I would talk about subjects. Um, I would have a random thought and I would want to get into a deep conversation and everyone would be like, Dario, what else? Like, what are you thinking? Like, why would you think about that? And I always felt weird. I kind of felt out I of place. <laughs> I can relate. I can relate. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I felt so out of place. I felt like, and then the conversation that other people were having, and this is no offense, but I just thought that's so stupid. Like, why are you talking about that? But I mean, everyone, I guess to each their own. Yeah, no, and I think uh, that's another reason why I got so attracted to music, because, you know, some music, not all, um, it's very deep, even with a couple of lines, you know, you can really interpret things differently, and that's what attracted me to hip-hop, just the fact that they would tell stories early, you know, um, 90s hip-hop. They would tell stories and with very few words and words that rhymed, they would tell a complete story. And that to me, I'm like, how did you do that, right? And so that just led me to analyze things because I was analyzing like each word and then I'm like, okay, cool. So if I, you know, just pick anything, you know, a book or a picture or something, I would just go analyze that and just try and see if there's anything I can do or tell or or going deeper. Um, but yeah, and people would look at me weird. They're, they're like, you know, you don't have to do that. You know, it's just like why do you have music. to overthink? Yeah, like why are you thinking about this? Yeah. No, that that's things like I that's an amazing example. It's true. I also like to and maybe it can it can be good because it allows us to think, but sometimes I feel like it can also be a bit damaging because. Uh, I mean, I can easily get entangled in like little words, even that people say, and I'll be like, my, I'll say my friend, and like, what do you mean when you said this? And they're like, what do you mean? And I said, yeah, when you said this, and they don't, I don't know, they just don't put as much meaning or significance to it. Um, but yeah. um, circling back to now, how do you, how do you organize all your clients? Because I mean, you're a busy man. You have what so many projects different go going on. Um, didn't you just sign a deal with HBO? I yeah. Well, we have a couple of projects going on. Um, not only with them, but you know, other companies too. And so, yeah, um, managing, managing, managing. It, it's it's do you easy. Google Calendar. Yes, it's easy oh. and it's tough. Easy because yeah. you can put it in the calendar. Tough mm -hmm. is when you're trying to figure out. It's a puzzle. Mm -hmm. It's like a puzzle, right? You just got to figure out what days work, what days don't, how long is a project, and and what can you do, what can you not do. Um, and so now, now we have, you know, now now it's a, a team of us is figuring things out, which makes it so much easier. But when I was starting. Um, I would just take on 
on jobs that I, I knew I could knock out easily and fast. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because I wanted to get as many opportunities as I could when I was, you know, coming up. And second, it's like, I have to have fun too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, I just wanted to have fun because if I knew that I knew, Libras, we need balance, right? Balance. Oh my God. For me, like, I know some people say work hard and focus. And I think that's so important, but I also, I can't do that without something offsetting that, you know, like social time or whatever. I need the balance. I, if I'm not balanced, I'm not Daria. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. Like, you know, it's like, uh, again, just going back to the calendar, I would make sure that I would, I, I would have um, jobs or projects but I also would have the same amount of, of time to, to play, basically, mm-hmm. right? Um, and a lot of the times out of my playtime, idea, ideas would come. And again, it's that giving yourself space to, 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 um, to think and relax. Um, and that's what a lot of people are having issues right now. Just one, the pandemic, you're always trying to stay busy. Two, social media, it's, it's always there in your face and you're trying to um, so easy to get distracted exactly and then and then if you're if you're um starting a, a, a whatever it is a business or or something else you're always now you know for your generation you have it a little bit harder because now you have people that you can actually see um, who are further along the journey exactly so it it makes it it makes it harder because you're always comparing and when I was young, we didn't have any of that. It was just like, I'm just competing against the people in my town, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I overgrew my town, that's why I moved to DC. And even when I was in DC, I wasn't even here in DC because all my clientele was in Los Angeles. So I was in mm-hmm. Los Angeles and that's a place to grow. So I never could, so I was growing, but I, I never was able to catch up to people. However, when I came back to DC, I'm like, uh, I've overgrown these, this area because, you know, it's like so much you can do here, but at the same time, it's so little <laughs> that you mm-hmm. can do here when it comes to art. Um, and so anyway, um, yeah, it's just, it, it, you got to give yourself time. You got to give yourself time to relax and, and, and have fun because out of that, not only it's good for your mental health, but a lot of great ideas come out of that so yeah and you have but you have to plan your relaxing time as well though yeah it you do but sometimes you just gotta say can you curse here <laughs> i go ahead yeah it's sometimes you gotta say fuck it you know okay. it's like you know sometimes you gotta say fuck it like be responsible be responsible okay but <laughs> okay no, no, be responsible. And what I mean, like, you know, I say, you can say fuck it, but if you know that you have something pending that's going to take you to the next level or it's going to look good for you to finish. Or a commitment. Then, yeah, stay committed to that. Once you're done, then you can do whatever you want. But there's times that you have projects that, yeah, you're waiting on something or, or you know that you can knock it out pretty simple, but you don't want to do it because sometimes we have those days that we just want to be lazy and just say, hey, you know what, fuck it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it today. Today I'm going to take off, you know? And so, Fair. and, and you cannot make yourself wrong before taking the day off. Oh yeah. I have major productivity guilt. 
Yeah, but you can't can't do that because then you're unproductive. You're unproductive. You're unproductive in resting, which will make you more productive for whatever you need to do. Yeah. So you know you just gotta. Was that right? I don't know. <laughs> but um, no, you just gotta you just gotta give yourself time to relax, and don't make yourself wrong for wanting that or actually taking the time because that's good for your mental health and your body and then you can actually focus on whatever the task is mm-hmm. yeah. i 100% agree my i feel like productivity guilt is so bad because of social media and because you see everyone doing this and doing this thing and like showing their projects that they're working on online and there's nothing wrong with especially oh my god linkedin worst app worst app in the whole entire world because this is where you see where everyone is advancing in their professional career what it is and you're like i'm not doing enough someone's like i just took a coding class on coursera.com you're like oh i don't know how to code i don't need to know how to code like <laughs> yeah and and see that that's and it's the same thing in my field right like um like in my field it's like personal projects or i'm working with this celebrity or um i'm doing this i'm doing that at the end of the day a lot of the time all of this is for show uh because those people are competing against somebody else and the people yeah like for what reason do you need to yeah you don't and that's that's also um there are so there's so much information out there that it could you can hurt yourself by not focusing on one thing mm-hmm. and that you can actually just you know yes get information learn about things but at the same time have a focus for me you know my focus is uh, photography and film mm-hmm. um, but i do like learning about music or learning a new language or whatever, but it it all comes down to the same thing, right? Like, like music, I deal with musicians all the time. And so I would like to be able to be in a set or in a uh, studio and I can understand what they're talking about. I can actually conversate with them, make them feel at ease so I can take their portrait, so I can take their video and make them look cool. My job Somebody asked me, what, what do you do? I'm, I'm, I was telling my job is to make you look cool. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my job. Uh, I need to make you feel good. I need to make you look good. And just, and, and then I get paid for doing that. But the only way I can get to that point is if they trust me and if um, they know that I'm, I'm putting in, you know, that I'm actually interested and what they're doing. And so I, I learn about music and I learn about, you know, learning other languages. Cause again, we, we get to travel or I get to travel all over the place. And, and it's cool when, when I'm making the effort to, to speak their language, I completely mess up and they laugh at me, but you know, again, but then they correct you and then you learn. Yeah. You but again, afraid. it's, it's just that connection, right. That, mm-hmm. that I need to get in order for me to, to uh to create my art so in the same thing so that's that's what you should focus on whatever your field is just make sure you you focus on little branches that are going to help you 
you know, mm-hmm. grow in your business. And, yeah. and that's what you should learn. Don't don't be out there learning about things that you're not going to use, right? Because exactly. at the end of the at the end of the day, you're just wasting your time. Um, but again, if you want, if you're truly interested about learning that stuff, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you ha- I think there's a difference between a hobby and even learn something for your for your personal enjoyment. But don't be learning things that other people are learning just because you feel that social pressure to understand it. If you're not going to use it for your career and your path, there's no point in gathering this information. And um, wait, side question. How come you haven't moved to LA? Like, how come do you, how come you stay in DC? Um, good question. And the answer is there's no pressure here. Yeah. In LA, it's always pressure, pressure, pressure but I already have the clientele in LA. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm here, I'm relaxed. Uh, you know, it's like, this is, this is beautiful too. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's a city that feels like a town mm-hmm. and it's so small that everybody knows everybody. Um, and then 15 minutes, you drive 15 minutes, you're out in the country. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's it's a beautiful place, and we don't have any earthquakes. <laughs> so <laughs> wait, because I was thinking, like, why not Miami? Why not Boston? I mean, or I mean, why not anywhere? I'm just like, why DC? Is it also because it's your home as well, or? Uh, no, I can go anywhere. The the I guess the thing is, is like, I feel comfortable here. Mm-hmm. And of course, if, if for some reason, like I was struggling uh, to find work here or just financial struggles, yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have moved to LA to try and make it or some other city, right? But I've been lucky enough to um, to have clients in New York, Miami, um, in LA. And, and also, I love the fact that I'm here because people cannot call me out of the blue and be like, can you do this? Can you do that? Again, we can do this. Yeah. So it's like, um, it gives me a sense of like a break basically for my own mental health. I'm not trying to be stressed about something, you know, as long as I can, uh, and, and right here, I mean, I have a lot of work here still. So I don't know. Yeah. I haven't moved because yeah, this feels, this feels comfortable. This feels like home. I love DC. I really do. Every time I'm in the city, it's I feel also I feel very much at home as well. Um, okay. So we kind of we kind of touched on this, and this is a brief question because um, I feel like we're we're talking about so many valuable things. But what are just kind of let's say simply let's what what do you do when you have a burnout? Like just what's like a day for you when you're feeling out of it and you need a refresh? Like what do you usually do? Like as uh, Miguel. As Miguel. I try to sleep in mm-hmm. uh, as much as I can. I try and take a, a walk outside because I'm always indoors, either mm-hmm. editing or um, um, just in the studio. So I try to be as uh, outside as much as I can. Um, and if it's raining or something like that, then I pretty much veg on the couch, like watch TV or, or mm-hmm. just like, uh, yeah, or listen to music. I have a lot of records. So, yeah, I, I 
Oh, records. I always make fun of people who have records. I'm like, we have Spotify on our phones. <laughs> Whatever. Any song you want. Look, we have all have, these speakers. Best look, qu have sound quality. 40, 45 uh, inch records. Too. 45 inch. Wait, do you even have a record player for it? Yeah, it's all the way over there. Whatever. I call you guys nerds. We have we have uh, we have listen. speakers with bass. No, I'm kidding. It's for the nostalgia. I know. What are you talking about? They're, it's <laughs> not nostalgia. It's like they're cool. You you can hear the grain. You can hear it's the for the vibe. You guys are just trying to be cool and like, oh, I was born in the wrong generation. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, I should have been born in the '60s. You know. Uh, <laughs> I see how you are. I see how you no. are. <laughs> No, I'm teasing. A lot of my friends have record players too. I think I just never got on the trend. Look, I even I even have old school cameras too. And then okay, that I get. I feel like that gives a nice aesthetic. And just, okay, I'm sure the record players also. It's for the aesthetic. <laughs> no, no. So I actually used to DJ. That's why. No way. A, yeah, my that's why I have a always, lot of records. My mom always says she's like Daria you can be i can so see you being a dj and i'm always like <laughs> wait how did you get into djing uh i again i i love music and so um yeah no i, I don't have i don't have the turntables here like the the dj turntables but mm -hmm. i have dj turntables that's the reason i have like the 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 records um i don't know it was just a, a it was just a natural transition by me loving music and me dissecting everything. Um, like, uh, you know, you can put a, uh, a song and then in my head, if I if I listen to it multiple times, I'm listening to each and every single piece that there is, you know, from the bass to the guitar to the melodies to the drums to whatever. Um, and so, again, it's just that that level of I don't even know what you call it, but I, I just like to dive deep into whatever I do, right? And mm -hmm. so um, it was just a, a nice transition of learning that DJs, the first DJs were doing the same thing and they actually took it a step further, which was they would listen to a break in the song and they would loop it. And then all of a sudden you have somebody else, you know, reciting poetry that, that eventually turned into hip hop. Mm -hmm. rap and then that's how you know hip-hop started um mm -hmm. and that to me just i was just like that's insane it, that's incredible and so anyway and so of course i have a lot of like musician friends and 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 again they're always like here have my record i'm like okay cool what am i gonna do all right let's learn how to dj why not so nice. yeah, that's how it was that's how it was you you so you can stop judging now <laughs> so you really <laughs> so you I mean you're really good at this creative you're really good at learning these new skills and things what would you recommend for someone who's starting out their creative journey uh this is gonna sound easy but it's extremely hard <clears throat> and it's have an open mind um and what I mean by that is um I'm, I'm going to talk about film or photography because that's what I know, right? Um, 
have an open mind. And, and what I mean by that is like in photography, you know, you have black, black and white pictures, you have color pictures, um, you have digital, you have film, just learn about every single thing and don't try to, to fall into fads or the it thing right now. Uh, I always tell people to, to, again, talk about my craft, look at how old time photographers used to the, the, their photography, because that's what we look up to now. Mm -hmm. You know, those those photographs that are in museums, they are there for a reason, right? And so by you trying to, I wouldn't say copy, but just to mimic their style mm -hmm. and try to uh, mimic different styles, that's how I learned my, my, my own style. And, and just, um, excuse me. And then of course, like I said, just be open-minded learn about cultures uh, because, you know, uh, the world has, the world has incredible cinema and the U.S. has this Hollywood, Hollywood movies. They, they completely suck, but the U.S. has tremendous television shows, but the rest of the world has like, eh, okay, television shows. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be open-minded, you know, learn about other cultures, learn about photographers from outside the country. Um, just, just be open and learn. Don't, don't try to try to find your, your style right away. Don't try to um, compete against anybody else because that's the last thing you want to do. Um, and the reason is, is because you're never going to achieve what they, they have. You're going to have to create your own path. You're going to have to create your own, your own um, story, right? They got to where they're at because of their own story. It, get to it with your own story, create your own life, create your own images, create your own, whatever it is. That's the beauty about art. You know, we can get from point A to point B in a completely different way than, than somebody else, but we still get at the same, we, we still have the same result at the end of the day. So, but yeah, so the biggest thing is just stay committed, open-minded and, and never make yourself wrong. Okay, very well said. Everything you said, I just, I wanna give it like a like button because everything you said, I completely agree. I feel like it's also hard to get find the balance between getting inspiration from others versus finding your own style. But I think that it's only found through experience and from trying different things. And I think, I mean, talking to people, getting inspired, and through that, you'll actually find what you want to highlight more in your work. Yeah, and, and you know, even about my style. So just... just uh... Just creating your own style is it's also incorporating things that you've gone through in life, right? So for my instance, the person who gave me my first shot, it was that 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 artist I told you about. He goes by uh Kimo the Blacksican, because he's half Mexican, half black. And he goes by Kimo the Blacksican. And he is an underground rapper. Mm -hmm. And so for me that was my world for many many years like underground hip-hop mm -hmm. and and that's grimy 
that's raw. Um, it's rough. And so I've always had that in me because that's what I learned. That's what I fell in love with. But now that my career has uh, progressed and I've worked with, you know, like people like Ana de Armas, which is the new James Bond girl, she's commercial, right? She's in the commercial world. She's an A-lister. I'm not going to bring that rawness mm -hmm. to her images, right? But at mm -hmm. the same time, I can make them commercial, but still sprinkle a little bit of that roughness with the colors. Who makes who, you who you are. Exactly. So I can I can create beautiful edited images, nice lighting, everything, pops, all that. But that's not me 100%. I can definitely create that for you, but that's not me. So if you hire me, you're going to get that with a little sprinkle of that, that roughness of underground hip hop where it would be within the color of, of the, the images or, or the grain or the way you pose or, you know, just, just stuff like that. But that's how I come through, through my images. And that's why that's my style, you know? No, I find that, I find that very important. So you worded that very well, because I feel like, let me just stay true to who you are, but I think that'll take some time to find out and it can evolve as well. Um, uh, before we get into the last question, though, because you mentioned Ana de Armas, can I ask, like, I don't know if you're allowed to say who are some of like the, would you say like, who are like some of the top celebrities that you've worked with or, like, yeah, how was that? Uh, it, it's cool. I'm trying to think, who can I, I work with a lot, a lot of people. I, I have, I have given the rights to some of my images so I cannot say like those are my images anymore you know mm -hmm. um that's the thing about photography too and that's one thing oh yeah if you're going to be in a in whatever business you're going to be in just make sure you know the legal <laughs> the legal stuff um and when it comes to photography photography is art so it's extremely hard to to put value on it but you can put value on on yourself Right. Um, uh, when you're coming up, obviously, you can't charge somebody like five grand, 10 grand, you know, mm -hmm. for a shoot. But you can definitely charge like 200, 200 bucks, 500 bucks. And as you keep getting better, your value keeps going up. So you should always keep going up and and also know that what the, the legalities are about. Um, copyrights and all that stuff so right now you said I, I i sold my copyrights meaning i took the pictures and i i sold everything including the rights to whatever company uh for them to use the photographs and call them their own photographs i cannot claim it anymore even though i have the even though like i have the, the actual mm -hmm, the original yeah, exactly i didn't know that i didn't know that you can't even mention because you sell the rights to them Interesting. So they can say basically that as a company that they took, um, like they took the photos. Yeah, they can do it. They can say whatever. They already paid me for the right. So, so it's theirs. That's so interesting. And, and of course there's like loopholes here and there. Like you can really go into, there's so many things, right? Um, but yeah, no, you can sell your rights. You can sell rights for a temporary time. So you can, you know, they can put them out 
you you as a photographer cannot put them anywhere mm -hmm. for a certain amount of time until the, the the contract is over then you get back you know quote unquote the rights back and then you can do whatever you want with those photographs um there's just so many little things but um anyway uh so Ana de Armas is one of them um uh let's see who else who else I've worked with a lot of uh, international uh, people who are like top A celebrities in their in their own countries. So I've worked with them here in the U.S. Uh, uh, I don't know, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, no way. Yeah, just and it was for a documentary. Uh, just yeah, just just different people <laughs> That's so, okay okay yeah we're not gonna get into like the, the juicy juice but so okay this is the retrospect podcast in retrospect what is just kind of one sentence what is one thing that you've learned in your life or a lesson that you can share with the rest of the audience oof uh give me that's a great that's a great question um One lesson. Um, I mean, the 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 only lesson that I've learned is not to give up. Um, as an immigrant, you know, you you always get the no's. You mm -hmm. know, no, you can't do that because you're this. No, you can't do that because of whatever it is. I never let that stop me. So it's like, yeah, just don't give up. Like anything's possible. If somebody else did it, why can't you do it? in your own way, right? Um, if you want to be a billionaire, uh, I have a couple of friends who have become billionaires in their lifetime. And they were working at, you know, minimum wage jobs. So anything's possible. They just didn't give up. Amazing. Beautiful way to end the podcast. Miguel, thank you so much for sharing your story. And all your advice. I feel like many people. Oh, hopefully it was it. good. Hopefully it was good. It was great. It was wonderful. So I'm going to end the recording right now. And maybe we'll check back in a few months in about a year and see where we both are in our in our journey. That would be incredible. Yeah, because I want to see where you're at with this. Oh, I'm excited. I have no idea. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to see. And I can't thank you enough for, for uh, you know, letting me be part of of this special podcast no again you blew me away i can't I, you know i'm like i'm so honored that, to be here so thank you so much thank you <laughs> um guys the wicked witch is back i promise you i won't hold you up with my voice too much i hope you guys learned something from miguel he is so insightful he gives such good advice and he's so motivating and like think about it he is always behind the scenes capturing beauty so he gets to kind of not only does it see oh my god this sounds so cheesy but these people they don't only see like beauty through the lens but i think that skill kind of translates to the rest of your life and i find it very refreshing and positive to be around that creative energy where you're looking for that inspiration anyways i hope you guys enjoy i always want to hear your suggestions please 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 rate this podcast give it a good review this is how we get the podcast out there into more listeners to get inspired because that is 
seriously the goal at the end of the day. So without further ado, I wish you a great day, a great week, and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Mwah.